The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that ancient Mayans actually used to use armadillos as basketballs? But they had to stop because armadillos don't actually bounce. (laughs) (laughs) For more armadillo-related content and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Al Sullivan. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 1 through 5 of Winter's Heart, book 9 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, Robert Jordan treated us to like 100 pages of prologue, that little scamp. <laughs> we caught up with our White Tower Detectives Club, who have somehow gone from adorable to... Uh, dark and tortury between books. I just want to know how things broke so bad for them. Uh, next, we cut to Elaine, whose experience with governance mostly seems to consist of random assholes barging into her damn throne room. Uh, but she takes a time out from all that queen stuff so she can get naked with Avienda and magically jump out of Amos's hoo-ha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> looks like it's a team-building exercise of some sort. I don't, I don't really know. Next, we visit the Aes Sedai, who are now captives of the Black Tower. There's a whole thing where everyone wants to bone Loghain, which is totally understandable, but we also learn that there are factions within the Black Tower, just like the White Tower, and I'm sure that's not going to turn into a whole uh, messy, huge problem later on. It's probably fine. (laughs) Uh, We end our prologue adventures with random men visiting the Academy in Kyrian. Do we have a name for them yet? Mand? Rin? They're not really great options, honestly. I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. They both kind of suck. Anyway. Rind? Rind? Mm. No, it's, yeah. it's not good. Like, if you write Rind, it's just Rind, right? Rind? No, there's nothing good there. Yeah, Dorshaw? Well, I hope they break up then, because obviously yeah. it's not supposed to work out. Yep, if it were meant to be, then they'd have a good name. They mm-hmm. met in Barrelon, maybe, like, the Barrelon... Boners? Bear... <laughs> backers. <laughs> the Barrelon Bearbackers? <laughs> no, it's not very good. No, it's locked in. Too late. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> anyway, they've got some convoluted escape plan trap thing going on, and honestly, it is completely incomprehensible, which... I think expresses pretty well where Rand's at right now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Chapter one, leaving the prophet, icon of the wolf. So we get the famous intro, which I still like. Um, the wind blows out in from the sea, which is a good place for winds to come from. It blows over Tenshiko, uh-huh. where the wind seems to gaze approvingly down on the fascism of yeah. Tenshiko. You know, I was I was I was thinking like. Things are actually going pretty well in Terabon, which is a thing I don't get to say very often in the series. So, like, being conquered probably sucks, but uh, it seems like being a slave vassal of the Shanshan isn't actually that bad. I'm not sure what the message is here. The wind is like, yeah, these these people are pretty happy. And then it flies over to the the people that are still struggling. It's like, these people are really sad because they're resisting fascism. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Amadisia is not doing so great um, because they're fighting against fascism. Right. Yeah. And then it flies over to Parent who is leaving his meeting with Masima, which apparently, I guess, this this takes place like 30 minutes after the end of the last book. Yeah, yeah like, like I was I was thinking about this, like clearly Perrin doesn't know what happened to Fael because you know how he gets, and we wouldn't be having like a normal conversation right now. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, and Masima has made a deal that he'll go with them, but no traveling. 
which is just so convenient, Robert Jordan, that they can't just warp back to Rand right now. Look, we solved this problem three books ago, back when we decided we hated travel chapters. Why are we skipping traveling? <laughs> that's that's, that, that's why he sucks so much. He makes people travel like with, with a lowercase t. Lowercase t, yeah. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> Uh, the, the Aes Sedai still want to X out Masima. And I am so in favor of this idea. They really need to just bonk him on the head, toss him in a sack, and like, you know, I mean, look, he doesn't like to travel capital T. If he's unconscious, he doesn't have to know, right? I'm just it's saying. true. Yeah, just, just tell him that you traveled normally, that it's three months later. <laughs> <laughs> You've been unconscious for three months, and I'm sure it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And then they heal you. It's fine. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, they head out of the, the town of Abela, which is super oppressed and crappy. Uh, it's a lot worse to be under the prophet's boot than it is to be under the Shan Chan's boot. Yeah, I was going to say, this is an interesting juxtaposition the way this is. This has got to be intentional, right? That he's putting these things next to each other. What do you think like he's getting at here? It's like an order versus chaos thing? I don't know, because the Shan Chan are, are pretty evil, usually, in these books. And this, this presents them as like the better option. I, I, I have a theory, you know, I haven't read any past this. I have a theory that he's setting them up to not be as bad as, they, like, like eventually Ren's going to ally with them or something. Cause really? Like, that is, the, the, the slavers? I, uh, like, that's... There's I'm, a few good ones. <laughs> There's yeah, a I'm very sure. fine Shantan. Yeah, some of the Shantan are just great people, very good people. Yeah. There's, there's, there's bad people on both sides. Like, we know, we know that, uh, that Matt's got his whole prophecy thing, like, with, uh, was it the Princess of the Nine Moons? Daughter just, of the Nine Moons. Daughter of the Nine Moons, right. And we, that's a Shantan thing, so... I theorize that there's going to be an alliance somehow. So it's going to be like the Shanchen are evil slavers, but some of them are pretty bangable. <laughs> I mean, they're really hot, right? Like, what are you going to do, right? You're going to turn that down? Uh, I don't know. It's like I'm wondering if, like, if uh, Jordan is writing a pivot in here so that eventually he can justify Rand being like, "All right, Shanchen." I wonder. Okay. I wonder. It's like the fascists under Mussolini, right? They made the trains run on time, famously. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a really interesting choice that we don't see Masima at all in these chapters, but he's very much present, you know. It's true, yeah. The, the whole focus of this whole adventure of parents. That's mm-hmm. right, yeah. Um, On his way out, he gets some news from Balware. This <laughs> super cool spymaster dude. You mean his secretary, right? Right, his secretary. <laughs> yeah, it's like Balware approaches with all this like detailed intel about military actions in the area. He's like, huh. That's a really, really yeah. useful secretary. Yeah, I, I never knew secretaries collected intel in every city they went into, but I never had a secretary. I'm just a blacksmith. <laughs> yeah, so the Shanshan have smashed Amadisia and the White Cloaks. Yeah. Which we do. I'm not, I'm not so sad about that, though. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of okay with the White Cloaks being Yeah, like we, we have things to figure out about the Prophet and um, the Shanshan, but I think we can all agree, fuck the White Cloaks. That's right. That's right. Like, yeah. I don't have to like the Shanshan just because, like, I like that they yeah, kill the White Cloaks. Say what you will about the Shanshan. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> At least they kill White Cloaks. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and also, he reports the rumors of Rand's big old magic crazy battle in Ilion. I like that they call this a victory. I'm like... Calling that a victory might be a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, like, he did uh, Zork to Shan Chan real good, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they head out, and Perrin is just really looking forward to getting back together with Fayu. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, story man. Yeah. Okay, like, I mean, Fayu's... I, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure why he's excited to see Fayil as all. You know, it seems like there's a, there's a lot of pain associated with that relationship. She's, she's fun. She's... Yeah, yeah, she's 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 fine. I like Fail. Fail is a crazy lay. 
That's what I'm thinking it is. Uh, like, yeah. Well, she's Saldean, so she's got to be crazy, and she's probably amazing in bed, so, you know, that oh, makes yeah. it for a lot. Okay, yeah. she's she's a spicy ice pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess, you know, like, there's a, there's a, a level of crazy that is just, like, tolerable if it is really good. So, so really what he's thinking here is, I, I'm, I'm horny. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I mean... And isn't he still, like, 19 or something? I guess so, yeah, right? He's, yeah. he's young. He's got to be in his 20s. It's been years, right? Yeah. I mean, he, does, he doesn't talk about it, but I'm sure he's got, like, a... Just, he's, like, trying to hide a boner, like, constantly, you know? <laughs> like, oh, better tuck that up in the belt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why they call me Young Bull. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Triceratops. <laughs> <laughs> the Young Bull has but, three steel... But as, as with all wolf names... <laughs> <laughs> it had many meetings, right? It's like a moonlit glade. There's a young bull with a breaching bar that would go down. <laughs> uh, poor parent. Chapter two. <laughs> Taken. Icon of the Wheel of Time. So, bad news. As we learned three years of publication history ago, <laughs> Fa'il has been captured by the Shido Ail. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Like, can you imagine reading these books three years apart? Like, it's like, you know, we have a, a tremendous advantage reading them after they've already been finished. But, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and, and there's like a standoff happening here. Right, yes, because uh, Aliandri was also taken. Yeah. Along with Queen Morghese, but, you know. <laughs> you mean Magden? Like, yeah, Maigden. Yeah, Maigden. nobody gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, no one cares. Uh, Linny, I guess, you know, if someone gives a shit. She's like the only one. <laughs> right. Talonbor. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. My parents like, I leave you guys alone for five fucking minutes, and this is when I come back to you. It's true. And they're all about to kill each other. Yeah. Because the Aliandra's people want to get at those Aiel, mm-hmm. the friendly Aiel. Yeah, this is, I, I, like, I get, I get where Robert Jordan's getting at with this, but it seems a little ridiculous that, like, they've been traveling with these, these Aiel for a while now. Well, the, the Gaeldinians have not been. Oh, that's true. Right, they they just came on board yesterday or something. Yeah, that's a good point. So I'll I'll look the same to them. Yeah. Uh, so Perrin sends out his A team of trackers to go look for Fael and the other people. I guess he keeps forgetting that there are other people missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's funny because like I, Perrin does actually handle this a little bit better than I would have expected. Like I was thinking like tear off his clothes, go howling off into the night or something. Yeah. And I was surprised he didn't go on his own doing some wolf tracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's still doing, like, I'm a leader stuff, which Rand probably wouldn't fucking do, by the way. No. Like, he'd be like, well, I'm teleporting out. It's like, and dude. that sure as hell wouldn't do. Although, he would try to not be a leader, and he would accidentally lead them all into some glorious victory. Yeah, actually, if Matt were here, they probably would have gotten taken in the first place. Like, this, the Iowa would have all just, like, tripped over themselves and, like, broken their own necks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Perrin is very sad. Yeah. Uh, it's it's um so it's Elias. Yes. And then Aram, even though he hates Elias, do we know why he hates Elias? Jealousy. I'm pretty sure it's just yes. like jealousy. Jealousy, okay. So yeah. Aram decides to go after him. I thought it was really sweet that the Aes Sedai sent their warders with them too. Yeah. I, I mean there was... might be some sort of Aes Sedai bullshit behind it, but on the surface it seems very sweet. I agree. Like that was unexpected, because uh, Aes Sedai are usually generally pretty shitty, you know. Yeah. Well but... protective of their warders, you know. That's true. But yeah, I guess I guess yeah. they they recognize how how serious this is. Yeah, they they may also recognize that generally when Perrin gets separated from Fael, they are reunited on a pile of corpses. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. So this could be like damage control. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Elias and Aram uh-huh. go off together, and three of the warders. 
Yeah. Right, with it. So Which is pretty good. I don't think Aram is a tracker of any kind. No, he's just a sword guy. I don't think he's even very good at being a sword guy. He's only been a sword guy for a little while. He's always practicing. Like, it could be one of those, like, this is a montage things where he's, like, in the background of every scene, he's like, do, 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 do. Yeah, because did Rand become a blade master in, like, three months or something? Well, True, yeah. But that was, like, yeah, past yeah. memories, right? Oh. Yeah. Well, he, no, you're right. Land and the past memories and... He's a Taverian, so the, the pattern makes him what it needs him to be, which is apparently mm, okay. a sword dude. Which is, okay, th- does the pattern really need him to be a sword dude when he wields, like, infinite magic power? I guess so. I mean, maybe, like, maybe it knew that his best idea was always going to be make a sword out of fire whenever he's <laughs> in a fight. And so it's like, okay, you're going to have to be a sword guy. If that's what you're going to do, <laughs> learn the sword. We know he's not a creative dude, so, like, let's you know, give him a fucking sword skill or whatever. I don't know. Uh... And they do not send the Ashaman. Which I find somewhat arbitrary. Yeah, like like this this seems like a miss because these are I mean, and even they one have of the Ashaman says set. like yeah we can teleport around and we find the shadow we'll kill them all. Mm-hmm. And parents like no 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 you gotta stay here in case you gotta kill these Aes Sedai or wise ones or something. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think and it isn't explicitly said but I think the subtext is that Perrin doesn't want the the uh, Ashaman to. Uh, do my well, do my as well as again, right? Even when Fail gets, I, I, I mean, it doesn't make, yeah, it doesn't make much sense, but that that seems to be what is implied. It's like I don't want to see mm-hmm. like a bunch of bodies turn to yeah. like, you know. But Perrin is swiftly getting. overtaken by his duties, lording his people around. Yeah, he tries to call his wolf bros for help, but they're like, uh, Nah, bro, she's probably dead. Well, uh, they're like, yeah, they all look alike. Like, how, how should <laughs> yeah. you know how two legs are? No offense. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. <laughs> I just thought that was a little funny. It's like, oh, yeah, he, he tries, but they're like, nah. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, they don't pay attention. And I am not understanding Berlaine. Like, she's still fucking flirting with Perrin right yeah. after he finds out his wife is missing. Yeah, like, she takes this opportunity to make a pass at him. That's just bad taste. Yeah. I, I, this is a good way to get an axe in the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not, he, well, now's not the time, you know? Like, I get it. You got your game, whatever. Just wait. Yeah, I'd wait a few months at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he goes and talks to Linny, who is pretty sad because Megden has gone missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Linny mentions that he looks like murder walking. <laughs> what, which, what, do you, what do you think murder walking looks like? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But I, I thought it was really good perspective writing by Robert Jordan because in Perrin's head, he's, he's kind of sad and, and out of touch and, and reeling, right? But from outside, this is what people see. They mm-hmm. see, you know... The young bull, the, the wolf that's about to kill a bunch of people. This is a thing that he does with Nynaeve a lot. Where Nynaeve is thinking one thing and then people are like, they, they say something like, why are you making that face? She's like, I'm not making a face. <laughs> yeah. Say Shut something. up. <laughs> Shut up about my face. Parent has RMF, resting murder face. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, and, and then Perrin and Talonvor sit and pine at the edge of the camp. I, I like that there's a point where he's like doing all this stuff and he's like, fuck, Masima. Got a little sidetracked there. Uh, I was kind of wondering what he was going to do about that. It's like, yeah, Nasima doesn't even show up. Yeah, that's right. At least not when he's supposed to. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for Perrin. Like he's deal. He has to deal with three of the four most obnoxious people in these entire books. (laughs) Fael, the Shido Aiel. You know that's going to have to happen, and the Prophet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's and you know if there were some white cloaks there, like it would just. (laughs) <laughs> might as well just kill yourself I now. feel like Rand did that on purpose like Perrin is the one who's patient and that like he's like he sees how Perrin is with Fael he's like this is a guy who can deal with a, 
a batshit prophet, right? Mm-hmm. Like, look how he, he handles Fayil. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. If he can deal with that level of crazy, <laughs> <laughs> he'll be fine. Uh, so, chapter three, customs, icon of the falcon. Fail and crew are herded with the Shido to their main Shido encampment. Totally naked in the snow. No, 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 yeah. no but she's wearing her stockings. Not ones that, like, cover your butt, but just, like, knee highs, but I guess. They're, but they're used to tie them up. They're yeah, not on she's not actually wearing them on her feet. <gasps> yeah. Okay, because I thought that was a little kinky. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, well, I mean, it is. You tear off someone's underwear and use them to tie them up. Fair enough. Yeah. But, but you're right. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, we're moving on. <laughs> This so, is a yeah. PG thirteen podcast. Like I, <laughs> I, I, not. I try really hard not to take these books seriously, and I usually don't. But like, I was legit offended by the way he was talking about Roland, the guy who has Fael as his captive right now. Uh-huh. Because there's a moment when she's like, "Oh, I'm really glad he's not looking at me. Like, you know, he wants to rape me or something." But then she's also a little. It says literally insulted by that that he doesn't want to rape her right then, and like. You know, I've never been kidnapped and had to walk through the snow before, but I don't think I'd be mad that the guy who captured me didn't want to rape me. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, in between thoughts of how she hopes her toes don't come off because of the fright. Frostbite. Yeah, right. She's in danger of freezing to death, and she gets offended that this guy doesn't want to rape her. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I, 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 I would say Fail. You know, I don't know. Like, she, she's, she's kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah, it, like just, a, it didn't sit well with me. She has a weird relationship with violence. Is all I can figure. You know. Yeah, I, 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 I had trouble being in her perspective at this time. It just felt very much like. Robert Jordan was showing through, especially because Fael wants to keep getting spanked because it helps keep her awake. So she wants this guy to constantly spank her. I, okay, the so time. I was I was struggling with myself throughout this whole passage of whether Robert Jordan intended this to be funny or not. Romantic. Romantic. Uh, well, sexual. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Sexual, like, but romantic in the sense of a romance novel. You know, mm-hmm. the big strong man carries her off, and uh, she's like. Helpless before his power, mm. and that's like a, a fantasy, right? That that pops up in romance novels. I'm okay. told, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like it's only like a little bit like that. It's like ten percent like that, and ninety percent like I really hope that her feet don't come off because of the gangrene, you know, because yeah, yeah. of the frostbite. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a, it's a weird a weird scene for sure. Um, it, it, yeah, it's yeah, it, and I, I totally felt like it was Robert Jordan's stuff. Like, what what is this? What's going on here? Yeah, I didn't. I did not enjoy this chapter. Yeah, but, but I mean, considering the situation, they're actually doing all right. I mean, like when I, when they when I when they were being frog marched through the snow without any clothes on, I was like, this is how you die, right? Like, yeah, I was thinking that too. This whole chapter, they're frog marched for a while. You know, it only takes over a day, right? Yeah, like a long time, hours at least. Yeah, and it t- only takes you know what. 15 minutes or something of like walking through snow barefoot to start having severe problems? I would think so, yeah. And she has this whole thing, she's like moving her limbs or whatever. I was like, I don't know that that actually is going to save you. Yeah, and and I also, this struck me as odd. I don't understand how the Shido are able to survive in this environment at all. Mm-hmm. They're Aiel, right? They've been living in the, the waterless waste forever. They were shocked to even believe snow existed. Yeah. How come they're not all just dying? Mm-hmm. Because the Aiel are super, super human and yeah, like invincible and magic super warriors. Yeah, exactly. That, you're right. Like this, this doesn't make much sense. Robert Jordan's. It's like it's a Robert Jordan trope where the the Aiel are like un- untouched by anything, you know. And so they're here in the snow. It's like, oh, they don't seem to be, even be cold. It's like it doesn't make any sense. It's yeah, not, which was weird because at one point she's surprised that they're K- Kadensor. 
I think it is, mm-hmm. are white, which to me was like a way of being like, hey, these people have no idea what they're doing in the snow, but they seem to be doing right. okay. I actually think that, that what that what what the point of that is that Guy Shane wear white, so yeah. they don't wear white. I think I, I think ah. I think you're right. Okay. Like it, it's uh, like it's just something you mentioned like two chapters later or something mm-hmm. about that. It's a not not pride exactly, but more like uh, yeah, they would just say it's not custom. Done. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's custom. Yeah, but it, it's starting to feel pretty artificial to me that these Shido are just invincible super warriors that even when they're in an environment that is hostile to them at every hand and you know they don't know how to survive in you know these people are not like adaptable you know they're they're hammered by the the blasted lands to live in a certain way why do you think they call this chapter customs the customs of the aiel are to take guy shane and it's like oh, okay. these ones are breaking the custom by taking wetlanders guy shane and mm-hmm. blah 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 i think okay. that would have made more sense for the next chapter but you know it's yeah. uh I think it's funny that throughout this whole thing, Fail is like in her mind, like calculating and plotting. Like, I feel like they don't know it yet, but at some point, the Shido are going to be really sorry that they took Fail as a prisoner. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I, I think I made the joke last book. It's going to be like the ransom of Red Chief, where they're going to try <laughs> no. to give her back. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want this one. I'm sorry. We, were, we immediately regret our decision. And despite my problems that I mentioned before, I do have to say I like. I, I, I like how strong she is right now. You know, she's like thinking ahead and planning and she's very devoid of emotion at it's, this point. In fact, she is, she's also, you know, thinking about her stuff, but she's also like making plans for pairing while this is happening. She's like thinking about how he's going to deal with Massima. Like yeah. her, her own situation is not even her highest priority in some mm-hmm. ways, which is like interesting. I, I, I would say it's, you know, Maybe a, a token for Fayil that she cares about Perrin that much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then she passes out and has a bunch of, like, dreams about fighting with Perrin because, of course, she does. <laughs> yeah, right. It's her favorite thing to do. Yeah. But they end up at the camp. Yeah. yeah. She wakes up uh, along, among a lot more than a couple hundred Shido. It's, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're giving her tea to warm her up and uh, making her a guy Shane. Mm-hmm. So, chapter four. Offers, icon of the Aiel. So, Fail and her team, who they've she's lost Bane and Shiad somewhere. I guess they're just going to go off and be Guy Shane for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Fail and Aliandre and Megden are uh, encountered by Savannah and Galena. And Thavara. And th- sorry, I meant to say Thavara. Are encountered by Thavara and Galena. Mm-hmm. Because it's Thavara and Somarin who are like Savannah's enemies among the Shido, who are wise ones. I want to read a description to you that I thought was uh, <clears throat> interesting. She was not bulky, though except in one particular. Sandy yellow hair flowed down her waist, held back from the face by a wide, dark handkerchief, and her brown shawl lay across her shoulders, open enough to show an incredible amount of bosom thrusting out of her pale blouse. How did she avoid freezing? It's exposing so much skin. It was just like, is this, uh, is, are Nynaeve and this woman going to have a boob off at some point? <laughs> That's where we're going. So Fail and her team are made sort of Guy Shane. They're not real Guy Shane because they're wetlanders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is like a new kind of Guy Shane where they just take them as slaves and keep them slaves forever. Yeah, Savannah's really abandoned a lot of the Aiel traditional ways. There's the, you know, the Guy Shane, but... She's also dressed weird, too. She's dressed kind of like a mix between yeah. Aiel and Wetland. And she rides a horse. And she rides a horse, which is a big deal. Well, yeah, you, like a, the, the other Aiel look at her on that horse and like, and they, they, they clearly disapprove, you know? Yeah, yeah I, think she's, I think she's going too far. If uh, she wants to be the leader of the Aiel, I think she's 
alienating a lot of them. Oh, I, I think you're right. I think that's kind of where this is, what this is building up to is like her falling from power due to like abandoning the, the thing. Right. But yeah. The, the Wetlander guy, Shane, I guess are apparently all Savannah's personal property. I, mm-hmm. I think it's not all of them. I think it's just the, um, the, they said she likes to collect royalty or something like that. Oh, okay. Or lords and ladies or rich people. So it, if Aleandre had kept her trap shut, right? then they wouldn't be in this fix. I wrote that down. I was like, man, Aleandre is that friend who won't shut the fuck up. She's like, I'm a queen and this is my, my liege lady. <laughs> if she got pulled over, she'd be like, hey, officer, I've got some alcohol in the back there. Oh, wait, I don't have my license or registration. <laughs> don't worry, yeah. I stopped smoking weed when I pulled over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, shut up. Yeah. But he was just like, oh, God, there she goes. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so they get fed, clothed, and collared, which I guess, you know, could have been worse. And healed. And healed, yeah. yeah. And healed, too, which is kind of out of character for the IEL, I suppose, right? Yeah, I guess they're keeping them in good shape or something. Uh, for some reason. Maybe it's, maybe it's a guy Shane thing? I don't know. Like, yeah. you heal your guy Shane. I wonder if you can heal Frostbite. I think so, right? Like, it's as long as, as long as you're not dead, you can heal just about anything, it seems like. Hmm. I don't know. We haven't seen anyone heal a severed limb. Yeah, so. right? I don't think yeah. that can happen. So I don't know. So I guess it depends how far the frostbite has gone or something. Yeah, probably probably. healed gangrene, Mm. which is the big problem, right? I think you're right. And Thirava demands that they spy for her on Savannah. Yeah, that seems like a good way to get dead. Right, yes. There doesn't seem to be a lot of good outs here. Yeah, cool. So spy on this person who... And and, and they, they they even make the point, they're like, she's probably asked everyone to do that, so like... Yeah. Uh, I don't think Savannah is that smart, so maybe they could... If I was going to side with somebody, it would be Therava here. She is ambitious, and she is, like, uh, volatile, but I do not think she is uh, right. very clever. You're right. Oh, but speaking of people shooting their mouths off when they shouldn't, Fael stupidly tells Galena her name. Oh, yes. I know. Oh, oh come so on, Fael. Like, you, you were building up a lot of credit here, Fael, and you just wasted it all. Oh. Yeah, and this person might actually be worse than Therava. Like, Therava's like... Kind of a tur- torturey sort of person, but Galena's Black Aja, right? Right, straight up Black Aja evil. She tortured Rand a bunch, you know? Yeah, so that uh, that's another uh, bad situation. Right, yeah, so Galena tries to enlist them in her plot, whatever it is, and promises to free them. She wants her to steal the Oath Rod. Right. Yeah, which is out of the Rava's Bad, tent. bad, bad news bear. That's such a bad idea, yeah. Yeah. That's just a terrible idea. What are they doing with the Oath Rod? How, are they doing anything with it yet? They use it to bind Galena. Yeah. That was that was in the last book. They, okay. they there was a whole thing where there the, all the wise ones were there and Savannah was there because um, what's his name um, the the forsaken Samael Samael gave them the oath rod and it was mm. like you can use this to yeah to control Aes Sedai yeah yeah and that's what yeah and that's what they're doing that's so Savannah wants to eventually use that on all the wise ones I think. It's interesting how the Oathrod has started to become like a big plot point, I feel like. Yeah. It keeps showing up, and I'm starting to develop some theories around it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. Like, between the what's happening in the White Tower and what's happening here, it's it's become kind of a crucial, like a key pivotal item. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right about Savannah. She, um, she has expressed previously, or it seems like it's been expressed, that she is very jealous of the... The ability to wield the one power, yeah, and, is, and like hates that she can't do it. So her idea of like basically having a a slave Aes Sedai is a way of getting around that, right? Mm-hmm. She would love those Shanshan necklaces. So there's lots of stuff in all these chapters about how impossible it is to escape. 
Everybody's always saying it's impossible to escape. There's no way to escape ever. Mm-hmm. This does seem pretty impossible. I mean, like, you're in the middle of this shida. Like, if Perrin showed up here and now, I don't think he'd be able to get him out, right? Well, funny you mention that, because what I kept thinking is, like, what I want to happen is I want those two Ashaman to just gateway right into here and frag everybody. Mm-hmm. Kill think- all of these people. These people do not have value to the, the saving of the world. Mm-hmm. I, I think that... And I, I like Fayil, but if she goes down, you know, <laughs> I would like this plot line to be over. <laughs> I think that um, I think that this might be too much for even to Ashaman. Like, they are... They do have wise ones. Yeah, like, they, they, like at the Battle of Demise Wells, they had... That was all the Shido, so that's a little bit different. But they had, what, like 100 Ashaman? Yeah. So I don't know what the ratio is, but I, I suspect that... You know, whatever twenty thousand or fifty thousand Shido might actually be able to like overwhelm them somehow. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I found it very frustrating. This whole these whole chapters, Fayil's captivity is just it's like Robert Jordan misery porn. You know, like, like when Egwene was with the Sean Chan. The same deal. Yeah, yeah. I, I made a note of that. I hated that too, and I hate this. I find it. I have to force myself to read these chapters because I find it so frustrating and unpleasant. I'm hoping that this won't be as bad because. The the situation is such that I think Fayil will have more agency. Although this whole like cluster fuck with all these people trying to like use her in their plots and like if you don't do it, I'm going to kill you. And it's not unless she that that's a little like I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that she'll be able to like think her way out of this, which is something that uh, the way that Egwene's situation was set up, it was like oh no, anything you think about, anything you do, and you you know you, you're fucked. You know like that. Yeah. It's not as bad as that. So I'm hoping it'll. They won't go that direction. But you're right. So, yeah. Right now, it's like kind of like that. Chapter 5. Flags. Icon of the wolf. Uh, Perrin has a wolf dream. Uh, looking for Fael in the wolf dream. Yeah. And he sees Hopper. Yeah, hanging with his dead wolf yeah. buddy. Hopper's just still flying around like he does. Yeah. Forgot about that guy. He's yeah, great. Yeah, I like Hopper. You know, it's, it's great to be dead when you're a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like, I, I'd be like, maybe I'd just kill myself for a wolf. The wolf dream is great. <laughs> Your name would be Cutter. <laughs> oh, that's dark. <laughs> and then he wakes up in Barrelane's tent because apparently he and Talonvor, like a bunch of doorknobs, just sat there in the snow all night waiting for Fael and Morgays to come back and like collapsed in the snow. So fucking dumb. They sat on the hill till they passed out in the snow. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I get it. I get it. You're, you're like, you're working through some shit, but like, you know, you, what you can't do is rescue someone if you're fucking dead in the snow. <laughs> God damn it, Perrin. Right. Uh, and so they, they went and got him and dragged him back and had Anura Sadai heal him up. And take off his clothes. And take off his clothes. Mm-hmm. Another thing that Robert Jordan loves is like dudes who are naked in front of ladies. <laughs> and vice versa. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so awkward. Oh, he's trying to cover all of his genitals. But, but he can't because he's got that boner. <laughs> <laughs> but this time it's a confused boner. <laughs> God damn it, get down. I'm not interested. I'm not into this. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize there was a tent in this tent. <laughs> You know, sometimes you wake up in the morning and it's not about the person you're with. It's just like, sometimes you just get a boner. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> Do we have any more boner comments before we move on? <laughs> no, I think we covered the young bull's boner pretty well. <laughs> but the young bull didn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, Verlaine is like watching him. And, like, sort of tending him. Yeah. Uh, Perrin completely does not trust her. Because, of course he doesn't. Because she's acting way sketchy. He should not trust her. Yeah. Uh, 
Is that fair though? Like he, he's talking about how she's a liar and she's untrustworthy, and even though she smells honest, like is that fair? You know, that was weird. Like, no, no, I think you're right. I, th- I think that Berylaine, uh, she has a lot of things, but I don't think she has ill intent for him, and I think that she it, she's genuinely interested in like helping him, but I think it is hard to trust her. Okay, I think I figured out what's going on with Berylaine and Perrin. I think it is another like mismatched expectations thing, like with him and Fail. Like, she wants him to shout at her because that's how she thinks love is, and he doesn't want to shout at her because that's not what he thinks. I think Berylaine thinks that he's into it because of the way he's been acting. Like, acting hard, acting like he's out, he doesn't want her and hard to get, and he's, like, loyal to his wife. I think she thinks that's him signaling her to keep going. And I think what happens in this scene is she's like, why don't we call a truce? And he's like, why would we need a truce? I don't understand you. And he's, she's like, oh, I see. You're still into it. Then I'm going to keep coming on to you. Oh, okay. So that's what the truth was. That's I what know. I think is going on here, huh. which is they. Uh, that, that's a stretch because that's a really weird perspective for yeah. Berylaine to have. It's clear as mud. But yeah. because in this one little scene, like half a scene, she's normal. And she yeah. treats him like a reasonable person, and then for the whole rest of this chapter, she's like trying to crawl into his breeches. It's bizarre. Yeah, like it. it <laughs> She just won't let the fuck up. Like, he's trying to do, like, his whole, like, Liam Neeson rampage thing, and she just keeps trying to get on that wolf wang, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> wolf wang trademark. Wolf wang, got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. dragon dick, wolf wang. Sorry, dragon death. Dragon D. Dragon <laughs> Dragon dick. Whoa, we've never talked about dragon or Destiny, <laughs> sorry, Destiny. <laughs> the D stands for Destiny, I forgot. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but, but, I, that's, there, but there, there is a, a moment, and it's not in this chapter; it's earlier when uh, he, I think it's when he says something like "Stop playing your games," and Anur is like, "Oh, you're just an idiot," you know. I was just like, like I didn't understand what the fuck that was about, but it, it kind of lends credence to what you're thinking. Yeah, I, I think maybe what she's saying is, "You're an idiot." That's that's to Berylaine. That's come get me language. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't you understand this? I, Which. I think that I think you might be right. I, I don't see it uh, clearly represented yet, but maybe that's where it's going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he he does learn something useful from Berylaine during this uh, awkward exchange, which is that Masima hasn't shown up, but lots of uh, his followers have. Lots, like thousands. Yeah, like an army. Three to four thousand. Yeah. When it's supposed to be a hundred honor guard. So he's not doing what he's promised. What he promised, which I yeah. mean, yeah, we're all fucking astounded about that, right? Yeah, he didn't show up on time. But he's, he's in talks with the Shanchen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Parent also learns that he's been having the, which we learned last book from, when from Fayil, right. I think. But yeah. but now Perrin knows, which I guess is a useful right. information that he's been meeting with the Shanchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which and Perrin's like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's probably nothing, dude. dude. That's why he needs Fayil. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, they also learned that they sent out a bunch of scouts, and some of the scouts were killed apparently by wetlanders. Yeah, they said axes and crossbows, which is not. Could sh- that be? I don't actually know. The I'm prophet people? It must possible. be. Like, yeah. is it, who so, else is around here? Oh, maybe there's like a there's like a surrounding ambush situation happening. Yeah, something like that, or or the the prophet was out there was actually out there all along and was just waiting. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I haven't found out yet. And then basically the rest of the chapter is Perrin walking uh, and thinking, which is a Robert Jordan classic. Indeed. The the walking grok. Yeah. Uh, Perrin finally realizes that Fahil has had her people spying. Oh, right. I know. Fahil, what you been doing, baby? (gasps) Wait, 
They were spying the whole time? When Foyle said whites are supposed to spy, I thought she just meant like palace gossip. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Perrin. I, yeah. I think what Berylaine is doing to Perrin is sexual harassment. Huh? Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just didn't realize. I always think of sexual harassment as something you do when you have power over someone. And Berylaine kind of works for Perrin, but she's still harassing him, right? Yeah. I would well, say so. Well, it either has to be, I don't remember the exact, it has to be not intense, there's another word for it. But, like, basically intense, or it needs to be something that happens for a certain duration. Oh, okay. And this has been going on for a really long time. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I wouldn't say she has, like, power exactly, but she does have a sort of power in that Perrin can't get away from her, and Perrin can't do anything about it because she's, like, you know, not a, not in charge, but she's a, somebody that Rand is put right. on. So, yeah. Are, and are we not going to talk about the weirdest thing? Oh, which thing? At the end, when she's like, I know everybody thinks I'm a slut, but I've only fucked two guys, and you're going to be the third. Oh, and God. you're going to be yeah. the first one I enjoy, because the other two were for politics. Yeah, that, that, that was a weird conversation. That was, it was bizarre. I thought that was weird even for her, because usually she's a little subtle, right? Like, you know, she she wears a low-cut dress, and she and she tries to be enticing. But here she's like, like you're on the train to Bone Town. It already left the station. You can't jump off. You know. Yeah, yeah that was a, like out of nowhere. Maybe this. Maybe there's something happening behind the scenes here that we don't know about yet. Because yeah, this that scene was an unusual for her. And I, I, I feel so, like her character has gone off the rails. Maybe, maybe there's something else going on here. Yeah. Yeah. My my interpretation, if this holds, is that she's interpreting the way he's behaving as like the "come get me while my wife's not here." So she thinks it's like game on. Yeah. This is happening. I don't know. It surely seems like it's not the time. Totally, yeah. you know? Yeah. But then Basima uh, has arrived with way too many men. Wait, he has arrived? Yeah, well, they get the message that Masima has arrived. Oh, that, okay. With thousands of guys, and Perrin storms out away from Barrelane to find Masima. Yeah, there's a um, <clears throat> butcher's price thing, right? Like, oh, something about... There's a price to pay, and uh, it's going to have nightmares. The butcher's price is always more expensive than yeah. you expect beef to be. I don't know <laughs> what her parent likes to yeah, say. Yeah, you can't, can't trust the butcher. Like, <laughs> blacksmiths hate butchers. Butchers hate blacksmiths. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and that's where we leave it. And I'm going to be a broken record here, but I think that he should have the Ashaman kill all of the prophet's people right here. He should say, like, everybody you brought over the hundred, we're just going to frag them all. Yeah, you, you get to pick. Them. You get to pick yeah. which hundred to keep. Is that yeah. what we agreed to? Perrin would never do that. He thing. would not. Yeah. Whatever. So Masima's men are there. Uh, and I, I guess Perrin's planning on attacking them. I mean, I, I don't know what you do in this situation because he still has his orders from Rand, which is bring Masima back. And mm-hmm. for some reason, he's not going to kill him or attack him. So what do you do? Do you just kill all these? I think you might be right. Maybe the answer is just have the Ashamans or all these dudes. Yeah, so that's a very The orders from Rand were to travel, right? Go yeah. Go there, get him, travel back. Yeah. So Perrin's kind of like winging it at this point. Yeah. It's not his strong suit. No. <laughs> yeah. Does he have anybody left to be a good advisor to him right now if he's pissed off at Berlin? Uh, he sent Elias away, who was supposed to be his other yeah. Like, yeah. brains. Yeah. His confidant. Fael's gone. Berlane's being weird. I guess the wise ones, though, I mean, like, I'm not sure he trusts them. I'm not sure he should trust them. No. I wouldn't trust them. Mm-mm. Yeah, nobody, right? Anura Sedai? But no, not yeah. really. Well, she's, she's Berlane, basically. Like, she's in the same category, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. He doesn't, he doesn't have uh, 
it's it's kind of him on his own in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For better or worse. That's I don't know. Just Perrin, the way he likes it. Perrin does all right. You know, like he's he's you know he's. He's not fast thinker, but he's a, he's not stupid, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's a slow thinker, but he's not. Dumb. I like to work things through for a long time. Yeah. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters six through nine of Winter's Heart. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M Sullivan on Twitter. Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Mike Sparman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. And please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this, especially iTunes. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.